some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Wednesday, January the 4th, the year of our Lord, 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts.
wedding of the knowledge of humanity. The greatest wedding ever is coming when the Lord returns for his bride. Amen? Amen. Amen. What else? There's another wedding coming. Another wedding coming. What are you talking about? Another wedding? I don't know if y'all can see that. Can you see the ring? Check Sarah it out. Is getting married. Uh, we're getting married. <laughs> Sarah and Josh are getting married, everybody. Yay. Sorry, it's really early. I'm actually, we're excited. We're excited. We're, just we're really excited. excited. We're just, we're really just tired. waking up still. <laughs> they got engaged Monday night, but well, I was not allowed to tell anybody. Until today. today. Until today. <laughs> I thought I had to wait till Friday. I would have been upset if they found out on Facebook. So I was like, give me a day or two. Amen, amen, amen. They have not set the date yet, but it should be sometime in 2022. 2023. Oh, 2023. We that chance. We're going back. Going back. We're going to time travel. So I know they'd love for everybody that's part of Daybreak to come. And to be praying. And to be praying for them as they make their plans. Because she wants, my daughter wants an outdoor wedding. So, <laughs> pray for good weather now, but an indoor reception where we can dance, because they love to dance. All right, praise the Lord. Let's see, let me jump over here back to, yeah, that's good. All right, so we're in Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20. And as uh, far as the way of prayer request, if you guys could remember me today, um, have a funeral to do today, and uh, I'm always honored to do a funeral. Uh, sometimes, it, I don't know, sometimes when it's somebody that was around you like 14 years ago, but you ain't seen in a long time, it's like, okay, what, what am I going to say about them? So I just need some inspiration from the Lord, and maybe you guys could just lift it up to the Lord. And he'll help me out. I know he'll help me out. I trust him. He'll, he's going to help me. So we're in Revelation chapter 20, and we talked about the millennial reign. We're talking about the millennial reign. Today we want to hone in on another part as far as Bible study goes, uh, the first resurrection or the resurrection of the just. So let's read this again in verse 5. So we're in Revelation chapter 20, verse 5, 6. Let's read them. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, here's a key. Listen to this. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. On or over such, the second death has no power, no authority. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, who shall be those who have part in the first resurrection, shall be priests of God 
and of Christ and shall reign with him, rule with him, rule and reign with Christ for 1,000 years. So that is a, that's an amazing thing. So questions stir up here. So let's, let's begin. I thought it might be good to go all the way back to Daniel chapter 12, and we'll start there reading today for explanation. In the book of Daniel, chapter 12, we read about the resurrection. And it says in verse 2, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame and contempt. But who is he talking about and what is the context of this? Let me move that. Let me close that for now. Boom. Okay. Uh Daniel chapter 12 says, at that time, Michael will stand up. Michael is an archangel who battles for Israel. That time is talking about the time of trouble, the time of great tribulation, which we've already talked about. He says in, in number one, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, that's Israel, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. That is, everyone who repents and turns to the Lord during that time is going to be delivered. And then it says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to life, some to con everlasting contempt. So we have this resurrection to life, and we have this resurrection to death that's spelled out here. Now, that's why... Maybe you've heard of the general resurrection. And it's thought of that there's a general resurrection. You know, those who sleep in the dust of the earth are going to wake up, some to life, some to death. The way it comes out in prophecy like this, it sounds like they're together. But we learn in Revelation 20, and this is why it's important as we study this, we learn that there's actually the resurrections are separated, which we would not have known, or it was not, it's not easily discerned, I would say, in other parts of Scripture. It's not easily discerned. And this brings up a point that is very important for you as you study the Holy Scriptures. When you are studying prophecy, often in prophecy, Things are put together in prophetic speech as these visions go forth. What is not known is how much time is in between these events. One man explained it this way, and I, and I agree with this. If you go up on a high mountain, uh, I've used this before, but like uh, Lisa and I, one of our favorite places used to be before the great fire up at the Smoky Mountains. They closed it now, but there was a trail to the top of the mountain called the Chimney Tops the chimneys and you get up there at the top and you climb up we've got a picture we've got a family picture from up there with all of my kids you get up on the very top and there's a rock and you can see for miles and miles well as you're looking out over these mountains you see this mountaintop you see this mountaintop you see this mountaintop and they all from this view kind of look together but in reality they're they're way apart same thing happens when we look at stars 
We look at a cluster of stars up in the universe and we go, wow, those things are touching. They're, they're right there together. But in reality, they're miles and miles and miles apart from each other. So in prophecy, it's like that often. And that's why we have to lean on the Holy Spirit to help us understand and ask God to open our understanding. I'll give you an example of this from the book of Joel. You, you all know this, but in the book of Joel, in chapter 2, there's this prophecy of the day of the Lord. It's a day of gloominess. It's a day of, uh, of, of armies coming and God fighting with man. Well, now towards the end of it, it says, uh, and I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You, you know, all of this language of the pouring out of the spirit on the flesh. When we get to Acts chapter 2, we know Simon Peter says when the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is poured out and everybody thinks they're drunk, and Peter says, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, but let me tell you what's happened. This is that that was spoken of by Joel the prophet. And he quotes this portion of scripture from Joel chapter 2. And Simon Peter says, this is the fulfillment of that scripture. And it is, praise the Lord. And that's a fulfillment of a section of that scripture. However, the other parts of that scripture, we just read about the fulfillment of it last week when we finished Revelation chapter 19. When the armies of the Lord and the war is taking place and, and uh, the Lord is coming forth in the great day of the Lord and he's fighting his battle, right? Who shall be able to stand? So in the midst of this one chapter, this one book, you have things that we know from the Bible and from the testimony of Simon Peter that are at least close to 2,000 years apart now. Does that make sense? And so the same thing, when, we're reading, when we read a text like this and it says, many are going to come out. In other words, here's a resurrection. And those that are done good, to, there's a resurrection of life and then there's a resurrection of death and contempt. It's very similar to this. Let's look over in... Uh, I hope I marked it. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Jesus is talking about three different things in this text. He's talking about a spiritual resurrection that takes place when we're born again. And then he ta also talks about a resurrection of life and a resurrection of condemnation. He says, and I'm starting now, I'm in John chapter 5, starting with verse 24. Jesus is speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent, has sent me has everlasting life. Now, present. Did you know you already have everlasting life, born again believers? Whoever hears has everlasting life. Shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. I tell you, most assuredly, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear shall live. Now, there is a spiritual aspect to the going forth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who are dead in trespasses and sins, if they hear, they're going to live. And so when we're born again, that is also a resurrection. But it's not the one that's talked about here. I mean, that we're reading about in Revelation 20. 
Then in verse 26, he says, For as the Father hath life in himself, he has also granted the Son to have life in himself, has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. So because Jesus is not only the Son of God, but he's also the Son of Man, now he has authority to execute judgment over the sons of men. Do not marvel at this. The hour is coming for all that all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Now he's talking about the graves. And come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So here's another section where Jesus is talking about, and it's easy to tell when we're reading, we're like, okay, He's talking about a spiritual resurrection, yeah, and then he's talking about a physical resurrection of life and death. Three are talked about in this context. Now I want to allude to, and I won't, I won't read it, but I will allude to another parable that Jesus is speaking in John, in, let's see, Luke records it in Luke chapter 14. And if you want to look up the direct verse, it's called the resurrection of the just. It's in Luke 14, 14. But Jesus basically is saying, listen, let me tell you how it normally is with people. When they have a big feast, and I was, I was thinking about this as I was reading this this morning. I was thinking about this text, and I was thinking, I kind of still do that, or if I don't watch it, we do that. We do invite other people to our feast. But he's saying, when you have a feast, you know, most of the time people invite their friends over, their compadres, their brothers, their family, and then they can have a feast and invite them back over. And then Jesus says to his disciples, he said, but I don't want you to do that. He said, when you have a feast, I want you to invite the poor, the maimed, the blind, because they can't invite you back over for a feast. They can't reward you is what he says. But he says, but you will be rewarded in the resurrection of the just. That was a powerful thing. And so Jesus says to his disciples, and let's take the overview of it, we need to be doing things for people. In other words, we must be careful as disciples not to only do things for people that can do things back for us. Because in Jesus' words, I mean, evil people do that. People that don't know the Lord do that. But people who know the Lord, his disciples are supposed to be good on good to people who cannot repay them. But the, but the res resurrection of the just is the phrase I was looking for in that text, Luke 14, 14. So, so as we read these scriptures, the thought could come, yeah, the general resurrection. When there's a resurrection, if the resurrection of the good come up and the resurrection of the bad come up, and then, you know, and that's taken care of. But in this last book of your holy scriptures called the book of revelation john is getting given more information and in revelation chapter 20 we realize something that we may not have known before or would have been harder to see before that actually there's a separation between the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the con condemned does that make sense mm -hmm. and so now, going back, now I said all of that to undergird this study that we're at. And let's ask the question, uh, now we need to ask the question, what is the second death? This would be important. 
So now skip down, go back to Revelation chapter 20 and skip down here uh, to verse 14. Revelation 20, 14. Death and Hades, death and hell. If you've got a, a KJV, is death and hell. Others will say Hades. Were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So here's what happens. Let me look at my time. Okay, I'm already over a little. But basically, there's several words that is used for hell in the Bible. In the Hebrew, it's called Sheol. And Sheol can mean the grave, or it can mean the spiritual prison, or it can be mean the lake of fire. You've got to study the context to know what it's talking about in the Hebrew. The Greek language is much more nuanced. And so there's three different words in the Greek that is translated hell into the English Bible. And those three words are Hades, which is a temporary spiritual prison for people now. Uh, Gehenna, which really referred to a waste dump out on the south side of Jerusalem where they would throw diseased bodies and burn them, which was a reference, Jesus was using that as a reference to the lake of fire. We'll talk about these more tomorrow. I'm not going to have time. And then Tartaro, which... Peter uses, which means the bottomless pit. And these are all also talked about in the book of Revelation, except in the book of Revelation, it's called the lake of fire, which is referred to as Gehenna in the spiritual pictures. Hades is referred to as Hades. This is where uh, the rich man, Lazarus, uh, the rich man lifted his eyes up in Hades, hell. Well, at the end of Revelation 20, we see that death and hell, death and Hades, delivers up the dead that's in them. And then they stand at what we call the great white throne judgment. And then what I just read to you is death and hell, Hades, are cast in the lake of fire. They're done away with. They're over. It's over for them. And then everyone, whoever is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, is cast into the lake of fire. So we will, we will talk about that judgment more, but to understand, we're reading that to say what we're reading about now is the first resurrection, and you can shout hallelujah because it says, now let's go back up here. We're going to read verse 5 and 6 again, and now hopefully this will make more sense. The ones who come to life here, you got to read verse 4, okay, but we're not going to read it again, is those who endured in the faith unto the end those who didn't receive the mark of the beast they did not take his mark they did not worship him okay it says they came to life and they lived to reign lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years then verse 5 says but the rest of the dead the rest of the dead means the wicked dead okay the rest of the dead the wicked dead now you can insert that in there did not live again to the thousand years were finished Okay. This is the first resurrection. What is the first resurrection? The first resurrection is the resurrection of all of those who believed and endured in the faith. They come to life and live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. And then he says this. This is beautiful. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Do you have part in the first resurrection? Will you be part of the first resurrection? Brothers and sisters, I hope you answered that question. Yes. I hope you know that you're going to be part of the first resurrection. 
and live and reign with Christ, because blessed and holy are you. And here's the promise. The second death hath no power over you. You don't have to worry about the second death. You don't have to worry about the lake of fire. You don't have to worry about that judgment of the great white throne. You don't have to worry about that one because you're in Christ. What you have to think about is that you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and answer for the deeds done in your body. Hallelujah. And you will be rewarded accordingly, but you don't have to worry about the lake of fire. That's a reason to shout amen. That's a good thing. Amen. And so Revelation 20, the first resurrection, what we want to talk about today is a resurrection that is separated from the resurrection of the condemned by, according to the scriptures, a thousand years. Right? Yep. Right? Wife? Make sense? Straight up. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for being here. Have you got questions? That's okay. Ask them. I don't know that I can answer them. But I got a lot of sm people smarter than me I can get advice from and help me answer them. So <laughs> I'll do the best I can to help you. All right, love you guys. Thank you for being part of Daybreak. Daybreak is a ministry of Church Without Walls. Church Without Walls has two campuses now, one in Gornville, we call the Upper Room, and one in Hartsville. It's called Providence Community Church. And uh, we do a lot of ministry in the park and uh we just thank you for tuning in and being here with us, okay? And uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday now because I take Mondays off because now I teach the Bible six days a week. So we take Mondays off now, but thank you for being here Tuesday through Friday right here in our kitchen for daybreak. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Well, Mom and I are tickled to death that Josh and Sarah finally got engaged. We are tickled to death with that. I'm tickled. <laughs> Josh says, I'm happy. <laughs> All right. See you guys, Lord willing, in the morning. Bye.